I was going to go a different direction today. In fact, I'd kind of planned all week to go a different direction, and I had my mind thinking in, uh, in a different way. And I, I just kind of felt directed by the Holy Spirit to kind of put a break on that and, and come here to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Uh, those of you who are involved in ministry and have pastored, you know that there are, there are those times when the Lord just kind of puts a break on what your mind is thinking and says, here's, somebody's going to need to hear this today. Uh, so, so I'm going to preach uh, uh, just a simple message uh, from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I want to begin at verse 1 and we'll go through verse 16. Are you there? Are you ready? Here we go. Let's look at it together. Uh, verse 1, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful and he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you have received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because we're not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, for it. but with toil and labor we worked night and day so that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, are not busy at work, but you're busybodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person. And have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. And do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. And here's the verse that I really want to get into your spirit today. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. May the Lord be with you all. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray that you will anoint me to speak and say the things that will be helpful today. You will edify the body of Christ and cause us to grow up and mature in you and in our faith. Guard my words and my mind that I would stay away from things that would not be helpful. 
but to preach the word of God in truth and know that as it goes forth, it will accomplish all that you're sending it to do today. Open the ears of the hearers today and then give them the, the, the strength and the courage to not only be a hearer, but to be a doer as well, for the blessing comes in the doing. Thank you, Father, for what you will do now. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you ever have anyone in your life, or maybe you currently do, that they just get on your last nerve? Do you know anyone like that? I mean, you just see them coming, and it's like, oh, God. You know, I, this day had such hope. I really thought this was going to be a wonderful day, and here they come once again in all of their glory. And I find myself having to deal with them just one more time. Lord, I thought I asked you to remove them from my life so I wouldn't have to deal with them anymore, and yet here they are again. And you know, it seems to me that they're just as ornery now as they have ever been in their life. And they're bugging me, they're bothering me, and they're preventing me from being everything that I believe I can be. And Lord, you're going to have to help me. We all have people in our lives like that, don't we? And the scripture is very clear now. Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he's saying to them that people like that can get so much on your nerves that it causes you to become weary in well-doing. Did you ever get to the place where you just started sending up your case before God and defending yourself and, and Lord, I've done everything I know to do to be at peace with this individual. I've done everything that I know to do to love them. I've, I've done everything that I know to do, and yet it just seems like that every time I'm around them, they just irritate the living life right out of me. And I found, find myself in a difficult spot once again. And what it does is it steals our peace. Did you know that? <clears throat> when people like that are in our lives... It steals our peace. <clears throat> and we cannot be effective in the work of the kingdom. We can't be effective in life when we are not experiencing peace. When you're finding yourself getting up every day of your life and there's this boiling turmoil that is in, in you. And it just seems like that the only time that you can get rest is when you're asleep, and we all know that you can't sleep all day, every day of your life. You have to get up, and you got to put your uh, you got to put your big boy britches on, and 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 you got to deal with it. The problem is, is that we try to deal with things in the flesh rather than in the spirit. And when we try to deal with things in the flesh rather than in the spirit, we're going to fail every time. But there is a way now that we can process these kinds of people and these kinds of emotions that we feel in our lives. There is a way, but it is not secular, it is not fleshly, it is spiritual. It cannot be done with man's wisdom and knowledge. It has to be done in spiritual wisdom and knowledge. And so we have to seek the Lord and let him 
show us the way to this place of peace. It's not just about people, but our world in general is messed up. How many of you have noticed that? Even right here in good old Kentucky the last few days. I mean, we've had teachers taking off work and going and, and, and to, the, to the governor and, and, and saying what's on their mind. And I'm, I'm not here to get on a political side one way or the other, but I'm just saying what it does is it causes turmoil in our lives. Teachers are facing the future, not understanding what the future may hold for them and how our educational uh, system and process is going to work. The government officials are dealing with budgets and, and how do we balance that? And so they're under stress and the people are under stress. And then we have the children that are under stress because, you know, I, I, if I've heard it once this last week, I've heard it 10 times, you know, about, I guess we'll go to school all summer long this year because of all the makeup days. And, and again, I'm not trying to politicize anything. I'm just saying that people are upset. As my daughter-in-law would say, the world is cray-cray. How many of you can agree with that today? There's craziness all around us. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has a solution. Everyone has a perspective. And so we just, we, we, we get to this place where it's like, oh my goodness, I don't, I don't know how I can live and I don't know how to, I'm, I'm going to do this. Well, I want to share with you today that there are some things here in this one verse I want to recommend to you that you memorize this one line in verse 16. You say, well, I'm not good at that. Come on, it's not that hard. How many of you go and eat at McDonald's? Can I, can I see your hands? You don't have to still look at the menu, do you? You just go in and say, I want a number whatever with a Diet Coke or a Coke or whatever, and you, you get it and you drive on. You don't have to reread it. You don't have to, you've got it memorized in your mind. You went there with a particular hamburger in mind, and when you got there, that's what you got because it was in your mind. Well, if you can do that at the McDonald's drive through you can do that with Scripture. I want you to look at it one more time with me, verse 16. It says, now may the Lord of peace, say that with me, now may the Lord of peace, now say himself. If it were me, I would draw a line under that and circle it, and I'll tell you why here in just a minute. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, say that, in every way. Now, let's say it all at one time. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. Now, let's do one more thing. I want you, instead of saying that about someone else, I want you to put the personal pronoun in there. And I want you to say it like this. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give me Peace at all times in every way. Are you ready? Let's practice. Here we go. Now may the Lord of peace himself give me peace at all times in every way. So here's what you're going to do this week. When that numb skull starts coming to you at work or, or that crazy person or, or the book of Proverbs calls them fools. How many, how many of you have noticed that? Said stay away from those fools when you see them coming. You just start, start saying now may the Lord of peace himself give me peace at all times and in every way. 
Memorize that baby. Put it in your spirit. Write it on your mirror. Put it there. Do a sticky up on, on, your, on your mirror. Take your lipstick and write it on the mirror and, and so that you can see it every day. And then let it get out of that and into your spirit so that you will be energized and prepared to face the enemy at all times. So let's see, what do we do practically? And here's my, here's my take on this. And I know that you know me well enough to know I love energetic, moving worship. I, I love to be moved by the beat of the music. I love the sound of it. I love the flow of it. I love the feel of it. I like a good Pentecostal service when the preacher is preaching like crazy, preaching the house down. I love it when people are getting up and they got goosebumps all over their body more than anywhere else, and they're just feeling it. I love it. But the problem is, is that if we expect to live our lives on goosebumps, we're going to mess up every time. But when we have the spirit of the living God alive and within us and the word of God is there and can be released at any time in any given situation and whatever you face, you can say, oh, that's no problem at all. I already know what the word of God has to say about that and I'm prepared to face it head on. Here it comes in the name of Jesus. The word of the Lord is truth and the truth shall set me free. Amen. So we got to have a plan is what I'm trying to say. We, we, we've got to be prepared. We've got to be ready. We've got to be willing. So here's the first thing that we have to understand. Paul is saying, if you need peace, there are times when the only peace that will work for you is the peace that comes from God himself. I'd draw a line under it and I would circle it. And I'd say something like this, Lord, I love your angels and I'm thankful that there are angels all around me. I'm thankful that you have dispatched angels into my realm of living and that they are there and they are available to me at all times. But Lord, I need more than an angel. Elijah had an angel. Mary had an angel. Joseph had an angel. But there are times that we need more than an angel. We need the peace that comes from being close to God himself. Did you know that the spirit of the living God is alive and well inside of you? The minute that you accepted Jesus Christ into your personal into your life as your personal Savior, He sealed you with the Holy Spirit of promise. And when you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, He came into you and filled you with power and authority. There's not a weak thing about you, not one thing whatsoever. You are powerful because you have the divine nature of Christ that is in you. Pull me up a little bit. Blow my drawers off up there, if you will, in these, in these monitors this morning. I think we sometimes forget that Jesus lives in us, that the Spirit of God is in me. I think sometimes we forget how powerful we are. I think sometimes we just forget that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I think sometimes we forget that no matter where we go, the spirit of the living God is in us. And there's no foe too dangerous. 
There's no difficulty too hard. There's nothing that we cannot overcome through the power of Jesus Christ in us. Now, he uses angels sometimes, and sometimes he uses family members and friends. Do you ever have somebody that said something to you and it didn't set well at first? It was like, well, who do you think you are? I mean, what, what, that was an awful lot of audacity for you to say something like that to me. Man, it's good when our friends tell us something that we're overlooking. Because sometimes we overlook things that are preventing us from being the best that we can be in Christ. Sometimes we're not seeing things that we should be seeing. How many of you know that when you drive your car, that there is what we call a blind spot? You can't see everything that needs to be seen. You can see in your mirrors and you can see the majority, but there can be and often is a blind spot. And if you move to the right or to the left without knowing what is in that blind spot, you can find yourself in a world of hurt. Did you know your experience with Jesus Christ is the same way? Some of you are stuck in a place that you've been for a very long time. Some of you are stuck in a place that you've been for years and years and years. And it's because you refuse to address the blind spot in your life. And what you need is a good friend or a family member to come up and say to you, you've got a blind spot here, love. And if you will let me, I will help you move out of the realm of this blind blind spot so that you can have victory over it. So sometimes angels help us. Sometimes family members help us. But I want you to know that what Paul is saying here is that there are times when angels can't help you. There are times when friends and family cannot help you. There are times that you've just got to cry out to the Lord God Almighty and allow him to show up and show you what needs to be done. Peace can come from God himself. Second thing is, is that we've got to notice that he says that this peace is available at all times. Look at your neighbor and say, at all times. That means every nanosecond of every second, of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, from the beginning of your life to the end of it, he is available to you to bring peace to you at all times. You see, sometimes because our our humanity causes us to make poor decisions. We think that God abandons us or will not have anything to do with us in those moments. Well, you know, I, I said something that I shouldn't have said, or I did something that I shouldn't have done, or I acted in a way that I shouldn't have acted, or I made a decision that I knew better than to make. And so our guilt, if you will, causes us to stand aloof from the presence of God, but God's not leaving you comfortless. He's not leaving you by your 
yourself. He's not going to turn his back on you and say, you have failed me so many times that I am not going to stand with you. In fact, I'm going to take my promise away that says that I will forgive you of your sins. I changed my mind. I'm not going to forgive you anymore. No, 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 no. The scripture says that for those who are in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but in the spirit of God. Amen. Said, I'm not condemned by what I just said. I'm not condemned by what I just did. I'm not condemned. You see, once God takes the penalty from sin for sin from you, then he does not impute that penalty back to you every time you make a mistake. I grew up that way. I lived that way. My goodness, I thought I was going to hell 25 times a day and then heaven the next 25 times. I thought every time I had a, had a bad thought or said something bad or did something, I thought, oh, I'm going to heaven now. I'm going to hell then. I, I can remember. I can remember. You're going you're gonna to laugh at this. I can remember there were times that people would pray for their kids and they'd get them to revival and they'd pray something like this. Oh, Lord, convict them. Let them come down to the altar and pray and then kill them. But let them, let them die because they're not going to be able to make it to next week. And, Lord, I'd rather them be in heaven than to go to hell. And, and they've proven that they cannot live for you. And so, Lord, once they repent of their sin, just go ahead and just give them a heart attack and let them die. Listen, I'm glad it's not that way. I'm glad that though I'm not perfect, I'm forgiven, amen. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. My sins have been removed from me. They are not held against me any longer. I'm a free man in Christ. And that means at any time I can call upon him. Anytime, no matter what time of the day it is, I can cry out to him. I don't have to, I don't have to call the pastor, although it's okay for you to do that. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is with you all the time, and he will bless you in all ways at all times. Amen. I'm so glad for that. I am so thankful for that. I've been telling you ever since I've been here to expect the best in every situation at all times. Most of you have heard about Brandon Roberts, the accident that he had this week. He was at work, and I know it's one, it's one of the craziest things that I've ever heard of. In fact, I told him, I said, one of these days I'm going to write a book about pastoring and all the things that I've encountered while I've been pastoring, and I said, this is definitely going in the book. Because he called me, if you haven't heard, he was at work helping move someone and a gun went off accidentally and discharged into his foot and uh, he was shot in the foot. And he's at U of L, room 906, bed one. He'd be glad for you to come by and bring him something uh, keto to eat because, you know, he's been on that diet. And we, uh, Jonathan and I took him some meat sticks and some cheese or whatever, nuts, the other day. So if you go up to see him, take him something. He'll, he'll appreciate it. But he calls me on the phone, and I'm down the hall, so my phone is on the desk, and I, I wasn't there to answer it. He leaves me a voicemail. 
When I came into my office, I saw that he had called, and it, it was Brandon, and he, he said, Pastor, he said, this is Brandon Roberts. He said, I'm in the back of an ambulance, and he said, they're taking me to U of L, and I need for you to pray for me. I just got shot. And I'm thinking, okay, he's alive. That's a good thing. He's got strength in his body because he's shouting. And I thought, man, this is, this is crazy. And you know, you know Brandon. Sometimes he is a joker. He's a practical joker. As I didn't know whether to laugh or cry at first. And then Jonathan comes in and he said, hey, I just got a, I just got a call from Brandon Roberts. They're taking him to U of L. And I thought, oh my goodness, he's not lying. He's not joking. He's not kidding. So we jump in the truck and up to U of L we go. And they wouldn't let both of us in there. So they let me go in there and I'm standing by the bed and I, and he, you know, he, they're working with him and all that. And he starts in on this. He said, well, you know, the doctors aren't giving me a good report and they're saying this and they're saying that. And they said, this could happen and that could happen and I could lose my foot and I could this and I could that. And I, they're going to have to do this and they're going to, I'm not saying a word. I'm just standing there. I'm just listening to him. I'm feeling like, you know, if he wants to rant, there's never going to be a better time in his life to do it than right now. And so he's, he's kind of telling me the whole story, the negativity of it all. And I'm just standing there and I'm just listening. And, and you know, they're working with him and trying to get his foot. And every now and then he's going, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, that hurts. And then, and then all of a sudden he looks over at me. And he just kind of grins from ear to ear. And he said, I know. I know. I can hear you in my mind saying it. Expect the best at all times. I say, you got it, brother. You got it. Because God's going to take this bad thing and he's going to turn it for your good and he's going to make what the devil intended for harm to bring something good in your life. Amen. Then he started talking. He said, I tell you, I believe that the doctors are going to help me and he's going, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. I, I thought he was a psalmist David who said the one time he said, I thought about my situation and I thought I might be surely moved by this. I shall not be greatly moved. I, I'm going to be moved some. Uh, this is going to move me a little bit, but not a whole lot. But then he got to thinking about God and the goodness of God and the power of God and the strength of God. Uh, and how awesome that God was. And the psalmist said, wait a minute. I want to change my testimony from I shall not be greatly moved to I shall not be moved. Amen. That's what some of you need to do right now. And said, so, Pastor, you don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what I've been up against. Maybe I don't. But I know whose God is on the scene and I know what God is able to do and I know how he can bring victory to your life if you will just trust him. He said, well, I'll do it next week. You know, I'll do it when I'm in a little better mood. No, it says at all times. 
Let the praise of God be continually upon your mouth. Unless I understand what that means. You don't get shot in the foot and then say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I was hoping somebody would shoot me in the foot today. Praise the Lord. That's good. Great. Hallelujah. No, I'm not that stupid. But what it does mean is that in any season of your life, in any circumstance that you face, you can say, I know, Lord, that your hand is upon my life and nothing is going to harm me because of you. Amen. Peace always. And then finally, I want you to see another thing. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. And then it says in every way. Look at your neighbor and say in every way. Now in some translations, it says by all means. Now I don't know what version of the scripture that you have in your hand right now, but it it basically, here's what it means. Whatever it is takes. God is able to move on your behalf. Whatever he needs to do, he can do it. How many of you know he's the Lord of Lords and he is the King of Kings? He is the master of it all. We used to sing an old song in the church years ago about being the master of the sea. I can't think of all the lyrics of it. I wish somebody knew it and could stand up and sing it right now. I'm going to tell you what that song is saying is, is that it doesn't matter what kind of boat you're riding in. It doesn't matter what kind of body of water that you're floating on. When the weather kicks up and when the winds start blowing and when it seems like you're about to be capsized, the master of the sea is able to rise up and stand and speak and declare peace be still I didn't intend to get beside myself today preach like this but I'm feeling like the, the devil's been trying to discourage somebody around here and trying to get you down and out and, and bad in your thinking and in your way but I just want to remind you today that the Lord of peace himself can give you peace always and in every way by all means Woo. Musicians, you better come help me quit or I'll preach all day today. So I don't know, Pastor, this is a pretty tough situation. Do you know the God that I serve? Do you know the God that you serve? Are you aware of how big he is and how awesome that he is? You know, we think that peace always has to be like this. I would would cross my legs if I still could. I don't believe I can. But you get the idea. did get that. Maybe you do. Home. Home.
don't mind that. There are times when we need to just calm ourselves. There, there are times that we just need to pull our thinking in and control it. The Apostle Paul was saying that there are some people that we need to put out of our lives. That's what he said. He said, but they're Christians, they're brothers. Big deal. Tell them to go home. Say, you're not helping me right now. If anything, you're being a pain to me. And I just really need to get my head wrapped around this situation so if you don't mind how many have been reading any of my little memes that I've been posting on Facebook out of Proverbs have you noticed how many times that the book of Proverbs talks about fools have you ever have you ever wondered about how many times in the book of Proverbs it says that we are to identify who the fools are sometimes it's not hard at all don't look at anybody keep your eyes straight ahead have you ever noticed how many times in the book of Proverbs it says to get away from the fools Identify who they are and put them out of your life. Now, what does that mean? You say, Pastor, I'm married to one. When I get home today, I'm going to tell them, pack their bag, get themselves out of my house. Get out of here, fool. You know what? That's not at all really what that means. You know what it means? It means do allow them to have access and influence in your life. There will be times in life that someone will speak something to you that is so painful and hurtful. And you think to yourself, how can a brother, how can a sister in Christ say something like that and expect it not to hurt? The devil will try to take those words and put them in your spirit. I think sometimes they say them in such a way that they know that they're going to do damage to you. They know something about you or your circumstance and they use it like a dagger. Twist it around. And then they want to call themselves a brother 
or a sister in Christ. You know what I've learned about people like that? You know what my first response is? I hate your ever living guts. And if I ever get the opportunity, I'm going to catch you out somewhere where it's just you and me and I'm going to put a pounding on you like you've never had before. Pastor, I'm human. I'm human just like you are. I have to deal with those emotions just like you do. But I'm spiritual enough to say, no, that wouldn't help. That would only escalate the tension and take it to another level. The only thing that is going to help is for me to forgive them and pray for them. Because if I'm not willing to forgive them, God's not going to be able to forgive me for my many weaknesses. Look at you and say, Pastor's weak. He's a fleshly man. He needs prayer. Let me tell you something. I'll take all the prayer I can get because it seems like about every week that I have to forgive somebody and somebody has to forgive me because I'm still walking this thing out. Let me tell you something. You're never going to be perfect as long as you're in a body that has to remain in a fallen world. But we don't have to become like the world because he resides and lives within us and gives us the power and the authority to overcome in every situation. Every situation. Stand with me if you will. Maybe I just preach this for me. Maybe I did. Somebody said, and, and they don't attend this church. They're not here. They don't have anything to do with this church. But said, somebody said something to me about two, two or three weeks ago. And I was about ready to go out in the alley and fight. And, and, and if they'd have been here, I probably would have wanted to do that. Because look at your neighbor and say, pastor's a fleshly man and he's weak. I am. They didn't say it about me. If they'd have said it about me, I'd have just smiled and said, <laughs> big deal. They said it about you. And when they said it about you, it made me mad. Angered me. You're my babies. You're my kids. You're my family. I love you. Somebody attacks you. I really don't want to pray for them. I want to lay hands on them. But I don't want to use any anointing oil. You know what I'm talking about? And I had to deal with that. Because for three weeks, every night I'm going to sleep and I'm trying to pray and I can't pray because I got a root in my spirit. <laughs> Did you ever get a root in your gut? I'll tell you something, those roots will take the spirit right out of you if you're not careful. 
And I said, Lord, what am I going to do? He just settle your jets, boy. I've got this taken care of and handled. There's not a thing that I need you to do about it. It's just love me and love them and let me do the work that needs to be done and all will be well. And all of a sudden, I begin to feel the peace of God begin to flood into me and flood over my spirit, flood over me. I like to eat a bowl of cereal at night. Right now, I'm, I'm stuck on red berries. How many of you like red berries? Let me see your hands. I love red berries. Give me a little bowl of red berries and put the milk in there and let it, you know, settle a minute and man, stir it around some and I'm ready to eat me some red berries. And then I go in and I eat them and I, I peck on the side of the bowl just to irritate Donna and, you know, just peck on it a little bit. And then when I get down to the bottom and you know there's still some crumbly stuff in the bottom and, and it's floating in the rest of the milk and all that, put the spoon aside and pick up that bowl and just... Hallelujah. And then I take my bowl to the sink. I don't know about you. Some, some people, I guess, just throw their bowl in the sink and just let it sit there. I can't do that. I got to fill it up with water because I'm the guy that has to put it in the dishwasher. That's my job. And when they go in, I want them to be rinsed out. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want a dried up berries in my bowl when I put them in the dishwasher. And I'm weird because I like to turn the water on and I don't leave until it overflows because I like to see all that junk come out. And no, now listen, when you eat cereal out of a mixing bowl, it takes a while for that bowl to fill up. Sometimes you gotta stay there for a few minutes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh no, we don't use those little sissy bowls at our house. You know, none of those little bitty things. And, and whoever wrote those things on the side of cartons, it says how many carbs are in a serving and a serving is, you know, this much. They don't eat food. I'm telling you, if they put that on there. Mixing up, takes a while, overflows. And that's what some of you need to envision in your mind. Somebody messed up your pretty bowl. Somebody said something to you, did something to you that messed up your clean little bowl. But it's time for you to put it underneath the water and wash it. <laughs> wash it. Wash it. Let His Spirit wash it. And don't get in a hurry. Don't set the bowl in the sink, run a little water and turn it off and go. Because then you'll always wonder, did it all wash out? No, stay there. Let the water run. Let it run until it's all washed out. And then you'll have no doubt in your mind. And what I'm saying to you by the voice of the Spirit today 
is that some of you need to let the Spirit of God clean up that damage that was done by that individual or group of individuals that you've been carrying around with you. Get underneath the flow of the water of the Word of God and the Spirit of God and let it flow into you until it washes out all the stuff that got stuck in your spirit so that you can be clean again. And my declaration over you is may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you will. How many of you would be brave enough to say to me today, Pastor, I need some peace about a situation. Would you just lift your hand right where you are and let me see who you are so that I can pray with you? Oh, yes. I knew it. I knew it in my spirit. There are hands going up everywhere. Lord, I just need your peace. I need your peace. Ask you to do something right now if you would just stretch across the aisles if you will and take hands with people that are in the aisle to your right or to your left and just stretch all the way across. The scripture says that if any two will agree as touching anything on earth, it shall be done of them of the Father which is in heaven. Isn't that a powerful promise? If any two agree. You say, well, how can I agree if I don't know what the nature of their prayer is? You already know. They need peace. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship or if it's a job or if it's an emotion that you're dealing with or finances. It doesn't matter something has their spirit unsettled but God is the great settler he is the one who is able to settle the issues and settle your spirit and I want you to join me I'm going to pray from here and I want you to pray from there and I want you to send your prayers down to the right and send your prayers down to the left so that the spirit of God can be released in the lives of this congregation today. Will you join me? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you right now. I'm so grateful that your word declares that you are the Lord of peace. And you yourself can bring peace to your people at all times and in every way by all means. And so, Lord, right now, I pray for those who are spiritually unsettled in their lives. Lord God, they, it's been a long time since they really felt saved. But Lord, let them know today by your word and by your spirit that we don't live by what we feel. We live by faith and what your word declares. And if we invited you into our heart and into our soul, we are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Our sins are removed. Nothing shall separate us from the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Nothing. So settle them spiritually. 
Lord, I pray for those who are emotionally unsettled today. It seems like that they're able to get their emotions together for a brief period of time. And and then it comes again. The doubt comes again. The discouragement washes over them. and And it feels like that there's no hope, Lord. Let them see that there is hope in Christ Jesus. That there's nothing too difficult for you. Nothing too hard for you. And if they can hope at all, there is hope in you. The psalmist said, why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. Lord, let them find their hope in you today. Lord, for those who have a physical need in their body and they've been worried about it and, and troubled by it and, 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 and it has kept them from having peace in their life, Lord. I pray that you will remind them today that you've already paid the price for their healing by your stripes we are healed. Healing is the, is the, the, the bread of the people of God and that we can be healed by your precious blood and the stripes Lord, I pray for diabetes to come into control right now. Lord, I pray that you will help them to control it. I pray for those who have aches and pains in their body that are dealing with arthritis and and rheumatoid uh, issues and and, and things that keep them awake at night. Neck pain and back pain, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will allow healing virtue to come to them. Loosen those muscles uh, that are holding tight in their body and give them freedom, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, those who have been fighting sinus infection, I pray that you'll bring freedom to them and loose them in Jesus' name. Those, Lord, who have been dealing with cancer in their bodies, I pray that you will strike the cancer at its root, Lord God, and cause it to remove itself from their body, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, those who are facing surgeries, that you would allow divine healing to come over their body so that surgery will not be needed at all because you are the great physician. You are the great surgeon, God. You are more than able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we might ask according to your riches in Christ Jesus, Lord. You are able. I pray that you will heal, that you will heal, that you will heal kidneys, Lord. Restore them to function. Lord, that you will remove kidney stones, Lord, in Jesus' name. Those who are suffering from diverticulitis today, Lord, clear up that colon. Father, remove the obstructions. Remove, Lord, the indigestion and the infection that comes with that. Father, in Jesus' name, let them be at peace knowing that you are able to heal their bodies. Lord, I pray for those that are suffering from dementia, those who are suffering from Alzheimer's. Lord God, I pray that you'd give them clarity of mind, that you would clear their minds in Jesus' name, that you would give them strength, Father, today to see the way that it is. And Father, I pray for those who are struggling with addictions in their body. Lord, sexual addictions. Lord, alcoholic addictions, opioid addictions, heroin addictions, drug addictions. 
Lord, in the name of Jesus, will you loose them and set them free and let them live in Jesus' name. Move that, that, that that is in their body. Remove it. Get them clean, Lord, in Jesus' name. For the glory of God. Mm. Lord, I pray for those who are dealing with financial issues in their life. Lord, right now, our, our world's crazy. Lord, I pray for every teacher that not only attends our church, but every teacher in the state of Kentucky, that they're concerned about their future. They, they don't know. Every government official whose pension is being affected, Lord, they don't know how they're going to face the future financially. There doesn't seem to be an answer to them. But Lord, I know that you have the answer. And Lord, I pray for those legislatures today that you will give them divine wisdom, not their own opinion, not their party opinions, not what they think will work. But I pray that divine wisdom and understanding and knowledge will come to them so that peace can be restored. Oh, My child, hear my voice today. Be very cautious what words you use to affect the atmosphere that you live in. Your words are powerful. And they can bring about positive resolution or they can also bring about negative. And so I say to you today, my child, watch your tongue. Watch your words. If you must speak, speak words of faith that are aligned with my promises instead of your opinion that can shift with the way the wind blows. I realize that you must live in a fallen world, but you are not alone. I am with you, and I will provide everything you need. Don't worry. If I feed the birds of the air, I can certainly take care of your needs. If you will trust me, speak words of faith, speak creative words that will allow the promises of God to be released in your life. And start now, because now is the time that I desire to begin moving in your life through this situation trust me saith the Lord
Will you drop your hands now and lift them to heaven and give praise to the Holy Spirit of God? Now praise Him. Go with Give praise equal time in your life. Every Worship. Every hidden sacrifice through 